0: Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast, season two, episode number 26. I'm your host, Heather, and today we are talking about how to have it all. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast, where you'll find the tools to level up your business, your mindset, and your life. Please pass seatbelt. I remember years ago reading a quote that said, you can have it all, just not all at the same time. And for a really, really long time, that was kind of my mindset. That was what I thought, basically, that's what I accepted as true. So you can like certain parts of your life, but that's going to come at the expense of other parts of your life. And then as the pandemic hit and priorities started changing and people started sort of getting into that what really matters mode and all of that stuff, I started thinking, well, why can't I have it all? I mean, if we look at those seven areas of life that people talk about, health, well-being, love, relationships, vocation, time freedom, financial freedom. Why can't we have lives that are good in all of those spheres at the same time? it really bothered me, this idea that everything in the world was a zero sum game. So if you were going to make good money, you were not going to have a good relationship. If you're going to have good health, then you're going to have a terrible time at work. It didn't make sense to me that we can't have happiness and, and peace and joy and have it all in those seven areas of life. And then really after that, what else is there? So I decided to go researching, as I do. (laughs) I researched through my own stuff. I researched through every author that I, I just rely on for all of this stuff. And then, of course, I started looking on social media. And I started looking at the happiest people I could find, the people I considered to be the most successful, the people who had it all. And then I even asked a bunch of them some questions, going, so when you got really successful in this area, what part of your life suffered? And the majority of them said, Well, nothing, really. It just, life got better. Life just got easier. Life got, sometimes things came up, but they were the things that were already going to come up, right? Like they weren't caused by suddenly having money meant all of these negative things necessarily. There were some people that did, but they weren't happy to start with. (laughs) They didn't have what they wanted in any area. So getting what you want in one area didn't improve the other areas on their own. But when they were happy all over the place, adding more happiness didn't take away from people. So then I thought, well, how do we get it all? And I realized it breaks down to seven steps, essentially. I admit that these steps may be more female-centered than male, traditionally, at least in the way we perceive the world. However, they count for everybody. Honestly, this is not going to be seven steps to self-care. This is going to be seven steps to a life that you don't need self-care days to get away from. (laughs) So the first step, you need to decide what you want. I am so big on that idea that I did a whole podcast on it. It's like the last podcast. So If you haven't listened to that one before this one, go listen to that one because a lot of times we don't even know how to figure out what we want. So once you figure out what you want and you define success and having it on your own terms, is it time freedom that you're looking for? Is it freedom of expression? Is it freedom from boredom? Is it spending most of your time in a happy, joyful state? Is it that you wake up without worries and go to bed feeling accomplished? Whatever it is, you need to really carefully and completely define and decide what it is you want. Until then, you will be driven by either what you don't want, which just feeds the negativity and it really will, you'll get more of what you don't want because that's what you're focusing on, Or you'll be defining it based on what you think other people have, which is never the full story because you are never walking their shoes and you just don't have their life. You're not them. So deciding what having it all means to you is not going to be the same as really anybody else in your life. You need to know what will, when will I know I've won? What will it feel like? What will it look like when I've won? When I have it all, what does my life look like? And especially what does it look like across the areas of health, well-being, love, relationships, vocation, time, and money freedom? The second thing you need to do once you know what you want, it's time to start going after it. So get off of autopilot. Stop doing what you've always done and expecting different results, she says to herself as she struggles with consistency of habits. Just because I know it's true doesn't mean it's easy. So getting off of autopilot means you are going to test and try, develop and maintain the habits that will turn you into the person who will get what you want. The person who has it all and their number one freedom is time freedom, they don't spend the majority of that time freedom watching television, especially when they're working towards time freedom. They don't waste any time. They are constantly looking for ways to do more with less time. And they're really, really engaged in the minutes of their life. If you want your highest having it all self has, you know, the body you had before kids, you have to have the habits of a person who will be fit and healthy and able to maintain that. So you have to have, you know, a gym schedule, a movement schedule. You have to have that nutrition discussion where you throw all of the junk food out. You have to get off autopilot. Take a good hard look at your life and what's working, and then figure out what isn't, and figure out the smallest, easiest ways to close that gap. The third thing you have to do in order to have it all is to schedule your priorities first. I should be able to look at your schedule, at your calendar. And identify what things are important to you. If you decide that, you know, a healthy lifestyle is really important to you, and you have 11 hours of work plugged in each day with no breaks, and then you go home and watch TV and go to sleep, well, I can guarantee you, you're not going to have it all. You're not going to have what you want, because you haven't scheduled in your priorities. So you're going to schedule in the minimum that you need in those habits, that time. That time has to be spent, so you might as well write it down and make sure it fits into your life, right? If you know you need to work out for an hour, three days a week, schedule out an hour, three days a week, and that is non-negotiable. It can be whenever you need it to be. You can get up an hour earlier. You can stay up an hour later. It doesn't matter. You have to have that fit in with the rest of your goals as well. But you need to schedule your priorities first. And then you fill in the rest of your schedule around what other people's priorities are. Usually we schedule everybody else's priorities first and then try to fit ourselves into our own calendar. And that never happens because we're exhausted. Once you have it scheduled out... A schedule is an agreement you make with yourself, but it's one that you can break like every day if you're me. <laughs> so at that point, then you have to start measuring and adjusting weekly. If you set out a plan to work out every day and you didn't work out any of the days, figure out first of all why, and then immediately make a plan to make that Reason why not matter next week. So, if you were going to work out at the end of the workday every single day this week, and then the end of the workday just spilled over into 7 p.m., and then it's time to put your kids to bed, and then you're too exhausted and it's 10 o'clock at night, and you know you need a good night's sleep, the end of the day is not a good time for you to do a workout. Change it to first thing in the morning. See if that works. If that doesn't work, set it right at noon. See how that works. Keep testing and trying and measuring to see what it is that's going to be that perfect sauce, that perfect combination of not having other distractions and being able to get the stuff done and being motivated and having enough energy to do it. Fourth step, make time for yourself a priority rather rather than an escape. If you know you always need self-care Sunday and you can't even talk to people or you know that you tend to get sick when you're overwhelmed and you can feel it coming on, for me it tends to be migraines. If I needed to take a break at some point during the week and I just power through, guaranteed one of my days on Saturday or Sunday will be lost to a migraine. My body has decided I'm shutting down and a migraine is the way that is the most effective for me to not be able to do things. What I needed to do was build in breaks every day in the run of a week so that I never lose a whole day. So I might take an hour break in the middle of a really busy day, every single busy day. And it doesn't seem like I should. It doesn't even feel good when I started doing this. But what it does is make sure that I don't have to take a week long break because now I'm sick. I don't need to try to catch up from losing so much time, especially so much wasted time with my wheel spinning, because I just kept trying to power through. So make that time for yourself. Actually, sorry. Take that time for yourself. Making time is one of the, like that, just that use of language is one of the biggest irritants in my world when I talk about time management, because you cannot make time. You have to take time from something else. Where I tend to see that I can take time from is in my morning routine and in watching Netflix for like five hours in a binge because I just can't even anymore. I want to get to the point where I never need to watch five hours of Netflix in a binge because I can't do it anymore because I've given myself that brain space and I've watched, you know, 45 minutes here and I got to completely relax during that time. And now I'm able to use all seven days a week. I can have eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work, eight hours of life, seven days a week, wide open to me. I don't feel any guilt because in the eight hours of work, I'm able to work eight hours. I'm not getting three hours of productivity because I'm using my eight hours of life in the middle of my eight hours of work. I'm able to take an hour long break because that means I'm just not going to watch an hour of television tonight or an hour, in my case, Netflix. Balancing out your entire life. So that self-care becomes a joyful, fun thing rather than a stressful, needed thing is one of the ways you will be able to give yourself space. The people who have it all have the time to do the things that bring them joy. They do that not because they're less busy than other people, but because they prioritize their joy. Most people will tell me they will start prioritizing their joy as soon as you need to start prioritizing it now. You will be more effective, and your as soon as will come a lot sooner if you are prioritizing your definition of success, what you wanted out of this in the first place. If you do it regularly in smaller amounts, Your body will never require longer periods of rest and reset, which means you can use all of the rest of your days to do all of those wonderful things you want to do to make the life you want in order to have it all. The next thing that a lot came out in so many discussions it came out in my reading, it came out in my discussions, it came out in everything how to have it all, set boundaries and communicate them in a loving and respectful way. A lot of people will say, I can't have it all. Well, you don't know my husband. Well, you don't know my children. Well, you don't know all of these people, other people outside of me who have these grabs in my life, or my entire workplace is toxic, or I hate my boss, or my boss hates me, or I'm not connected to anybody. All of those things, setting boundaries, again, defining them. And a lot of people go through the exercise of defining their boundaries, and they struggle on the communicating those boundaries. Either they'll communicate them in a big rush of temper, because you get pushed too far. Or the boundaries are there, they're not communicated, they're not followed, and resentment builds, and builds, and builds, and builds. Set solid boundaries. There are a million and one YouTube videos, books, resources out there on how to set boundaries and how to communicate them to toxic people, to narcissists, to bullies, to negative people, to those who are depressed, who just need your help. All of those things, there are really effective resources out there for you to set them and then communicate them. And if you don't, you will be kept back from having it all simply because you didn't have a boundary. The next one, you need to accept radical responsibility. And by accepting radical responsibility, you're accepting the control for everything that is your fault. Everything that's on you, you own it 100% of the time. And the bonus is you give up all of the responsibility for everything you cannot control. So if somebody else legitimately did stuff to you, I was talking to earlier to a client today about objectively bad days. Yesterday for me was an objectively bad day. If I broke it down, you'd be like, yeah, understand why you kind of wanted to have meltdown in the middle of it. You will have objectively bad days even when you're having it all, but especially on the way to having it all. There will be some times the universe is going to be like, are you sure you want this? How bad do you want it? Prove that you want it. And they will send you every possible bad thing that could happen all in one week. It's kind of happening to me this week. (laughs) But I accept responsibility for everything that's on me. Most of the time it was because I didn't communicate the fact that I'm struggling and things are going to take me longer. But I don't accept responsibility for somebody not getting me stuff and then saying, where's the stuff? Where's the stuff? Where's the stuff? Well, you didn't get it to me. You're not on my list now. You're not my problem. It's not my responsibility. I take complete ownership of everything that is mine. And I take zero ownership of everything that I cannot independently control. The last step to having it all is really to look at what do you have now? that you value. If your focus is constantly on the backwards, sorry, on the forwards gap, where I am to where I'm going to be, and you never take time to have gratitude for the backwards gap, where I am versus where I started, you, even when you reach having it all, you will move the goalposts on yourself. You will still decide that not quite yet. I will be happy when means you will never be happy. Have a focus on gratitude for everything you have. And if you are grateful for everything you have, you will develop an opportunity mindset. Everything that's a challenge will suddenly look like an opportunity to you rather than looking like another chance for defeat. If you're able to develop a backwards gap gratitude, and a forward gap motivation, and you can see that you're in the middle of the journey. It's a lot more motivating than feeling every day like you're starting over. Worst case scenario, you found all the ways that don't motivate you. If you've been trying to do the same thing for five years, you now know all the ways that don't work for you to get there. If nothing else, if you haven't, if you're trying to lose 30 pounds and you haven't lost a pound, you know all the ways that don't work. Write those down and try new ones. That's the opportunity mindset. That's the mindset that takes you from this is all the stuff I don't have and moves you into this is how I can get some of those things. Now I'm open, I'm creative, I'm thinking. So let's recap. The first thing you need to do is decide what you want. Define success in your terms. What will it look like when you win? Then get off of autopilot and start doing the things that people do who have achieved your goal, who have done it right. Find mentors. Find other people who look up to. Find books. Find anything that will tell you the habits Of the people who have achieved the thing you're trying to do. Then you need to put it in your schedule. Schedule your priorities first. Whatever it means to be successful to you, put that in your calendar first and then let the other pulls on your attention fill themselves in. They will. Measure and adjust weekly to see how it's going, comparing where you were to where you are and to where you will be. If stuff isn't moving the needle, stop doing that stuff and choose new things that you will try and just try them for a week. Nothing needs to be a long-term commitment. You can try and fail at everything because this is a journey. This is a process. Make time for yourself a priority rather than an escape. You cannot have it all if all of your time is dedicated to other people's stuff. That is not a healthy way to have it all. That is a great idea for your employer, or it might be really good for your bank account, but it's not a way to have it all. You need to be on your list and you need to be right at the top because nobody else is going to have it all for you. Then you're going to need to set boundaries and communicate them in a loving and respectful way to everyone who is going to try to sidetrack you or hijack you or tell you the way you want to have things and what you want to have is stupid or silly or whatever. You need to be able to, to communicate boundaries and maintain those boundaries so that your vision stays clear and you stay focused on the path ahead of you rather than other people's opinions of the path ahead of you. Then you need to accept responsibility for everything that is on you, everything that is under your direct control. You take responsibility for it, and you relinquish responsibility for everything that isn't in your direct control. That doesn't mean you blame people for you not doing things. That means you say, I didn't do this. And if it was completely under your control, you're like, I didn't do this and that was my fault and here's how I'm going to do better. Or if it wasn't your fault, I didn't do this. This is why. Can you please get me this and then I will be able to do this. If you didn't follow your diet plan because you weren't the grocery shopper and you didn't go out and get the food and now the grocery budget is blown, you don't have to own that. That's not on you. You might decide I'm going to take over the grocery shopping from now on, but the fact that you blew your diet this week when there was no healthy food in the house and the budget is blown, that's not your fault. That's not on you. So you accept responsibility for absolutely everything that was on you and absolutely nothing that is outside of your control. And have a focus on gratitude for all you have. Spend as much time in the backward gap as you do in the forward gap. Anxiety is the space between where we are and where we feel we should be. That is the forward gap. Anxiety and motivation both live there. And the difference between the two usually depends on what the should looks like. How good is that life? How much do we want it versus how much are we berating ourselves thinking we should already have it? And the other way to change it from anxiety to motivation is to look backwards and see how far you've already come. If you can see yourself not at the start of the race, but well into the middle or almost to the end then the forward gap becomes a lot less daunting because the backward gap is showing you how much you can do. It's building your confidence in yourself. And by doing that, by having a focus on the backward gap and the forward gap and a focus on gratitude will change your mindset from a hindrance mindset, I can't do anything until everything is perfect, into an opportunity mindset, which will say, what can I do now to try to have it all? Up next, it's actually our 50th episode and I'm so excited. I've been, I've come up with like 47 different ways to do the 50th episode and decided on one One of my favorite things is giving all the tips and tricks that I've learned. So it's going to be 50 tips in one episode. So it's not just going to be 50 tips on marketing. It's going to be 10 tips on marketing, 10 on time management, 10 on confidence, 10 on goal setting, and 10 on branding, including personal branding. I'm really, really, really excited about that one. And I'm really, really excited to have hit almost a thousand separate listeners 800 was a big deal. 1,000 is an even bigger deal. And the fact that we did it all in 50 episodes is amazing to me, especially that we did it in 50 episodes during a pandemic. That is really, really cool to me. So I'm really excited to get that one recorded and launched. It will be coming as soon as we can get it edited. If your dreams are bigger than your budget, it's time to join the Kick-Ass Company membership site where we go deeper with in-depth video training on all areas of marketing, business, and mindset. Head over to www.thekickasscompany.com and join for $20 a month, continuing into 2021. To get more kickass in your life, follow us at HALA Connected. That's H-A-L-A Connected. And if you like what you heard today, hit subscribe and leave us a review. Until next time, kick ass and live on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Now put down your phone and start kicking ass. (coughs)